Hi, and thanks for hitting the snooze button. My name is Neil Headley. This will be an interesting episode. I'm interested to see what kind of a reaction we get to this because there was a preemptive strike on Reddit even before this episode got released with people saying, oh, I don't know if you should be talking to a chiropractor about sleep. Um, Here's the deal. So I am about to introduce you to my chiropractor, Dr. John Saunders. Uh, He has had, as I'll reveal as we get into the conversation, he has had literally my spine in his hands for about a year and a half now. And uh, based on what I've seen from the x-rays he did before he ever laid a hand on me a year and a half ago, and the x-rays that he's been showing me every six months, um, I trust this guy. And so we got to talking in his office one day about the podcast. He listens uh, and uh, he's got a lot of patients that talk to him about sleep issues. And he's a guy who talks a lot about sleep stuff. Um, you know, what's the right pillow to get? What's the right mattress to get? Doc, I, I, what position should I be sleeping in? So we get into all of that here. And one of the things that I want to get straight right out of the gate here is that much of what John is going to cover, first of all, he's not giving out medical advice. Um, he's just, uh, you know, he, he and I are, are having a chat about sleep positions and pillows and whatnot, and you get to eavesdrop. Um, so anything that you run into along the way that you think you might want to check out, yeah, talk to your own doctor or chiropractor first before you get moving along on these things. Also, I need you to keep in mind that everything that uh, John is talking about in this episode is done from the perspective of a guy who works with necks and backs for a living. He is not a sleep expert. He is not a, a polysomnographer. Did I pronounce that right? I think I probably did. Um, you know, he's not a, a sleep professional. He is a muscular, musculoskeletal, muscular, whatever. He deals with necks and backs, okay? So uh, I, we, we mention the name of our friend and previous guest, Dr. Mark Grandner, a couple of times in the course of the podcast. Uh, Mark, I would love to either, because now I know you're listening, even if it's just out of curiosity, I would either love to bring you back on to address some of what John's talking about here, or if you want to chat it out with us on Twitter, we would be happy to jump in on that conversation as well. Either way, I want to get you to my chiropractor as we talk about positions and mattresses and pillows and why we're talking about all of that in the first place. Here he is, Dr. John Saunders. Okay, so first of all, thanks for doing this today. I know you're a busy guy. My pleasure. Um, In the interest of full disclosure, um, I have been putting my spine in your hands, literally speaking, for quite some time now because you are my chiropractor. Indeed. Um, So now that the preamble is out of the way, we get to get to the official first question, which you tell me uh, as you walked in the door today that you powered through the podcast. <laughs> so you already know what the first question is. How'd you sleep last night? I slept okay. What's Would, okay mean? Well, typically I sleep very, very well. Um, but for some reason, I don't know, last night was just okay. It, was, it wasn't a bad sleep, but it was, it, was, it was okay. Do you have stuff you do on a night that's not good? Uh, in terms of my sleep? Yeah. Do you have tricks? Do you have a, oh. a thing that you try? Yeah, yeah, maybe get cooler. Take the blanket off. Take your PJs off. Right. <laughs> you wow. know, just something like that. It just became a whole different show. Indeed. <laughs> uh, okay, because it's interesting because everybody's got different things they fall back on. I mean, when uh, and I don't recommend you try this. I used to do if I couldn't sleep, I would get up and I would have the biggest handful of raisins I could possibly muster in my head. The logic. 
air quotes around the word logic, was that the ensuing sugar crash after the raisins would probably put me into some kind of, it would lull me into some kind of artificial sleep. That makes some sense, I guess. But the the initial part of the sugar high would keep you up probably a little bit too. Yeah, it was the the dumbest idea ever. Um, Okay, so... By virtue of you having powered through the podcast, I also don't have to bring you up to speed on on what's going on. Um, if if you're new to the show, however, as you're sitting listening, here's where all of this is headed. Uh, I am getting ready to start, you know, entertaining sleep hacks, tips, tricks, ideas that people. Uh, who have particular sleep challenges or high achievers or whatever they are, astronauts, I don't even know, um, what they do to help fall asleep at night. And I'm going to be tracking for a couple of weeks at a time each thing on my Fitbit and looping everybody in on exactly how that's going. But I'm trying to make sure I've got all the other pieces in place so that I'm not swimming upstream unnecessarily. And that's kind of why I wanted to drag you in here today, because there's so much conflicting information out there about best practices in terms of pillows and bedding and positions and all of these different kinds of things. And I thought, you know what, rather than mess around and get, uh, recommendations for a pillow from a company that makes pillows, probably not the smartest people to get the recommendation from. Why don't I find somebody that looks after necks and backs for a living? And so I figured let's like run the table on all of it. So let's start, for example, with actually let's do the most basic one of all position, because that's one of the big ones for people, because you'll read things that say, don't ever go to sleep on your stomach. And then there's other things that don't ever go to sleep on your back. What's from a chiropractor's perspective, what's the right thing to do? Yeah, that that's a, a, probably a question that uh, at least daily, and uh, you know, it's one of those things that it has a massive impact on uh, potentially your sleep, but more importantly, probably your physical being and your future quality of life. So, position is a it's a there's a anytime you think of position in terms of sleep, you have to think of posture. So we're upright human beings. Our posture is very important when we're upright, but it's equally important when you sleep because a lot of people that I see from a clinical perspective, I see them and one of the exacerbating factors is a, is poor sleep position. Um, and so, you know, there is some mixed evidence on that, but I can tell you from the evidence that I've read, but I think even more important than the evidence is what I see clinically is that there's two positions that are acceptable and that's a back, obviously sleeping on your back and, and the other is sleeping on your side. So we absolutely frown upon sleeping on your stomach. Okay. Why? So, there's two reasons. One is is the fact is if you don't have a supportive mattress, which I'm sure we'll get into, mm-hmm. and you're on your stomach, your low back, especially if you're a little bit bigger in the midsection, okay, if we're holding a little bit more weight, this is more relevant, but it actually causes your you to sink into the bed and it causes extension in your back. So what that does, it'll jam the joints in the back together and you'll be sleeping like that all night. So it irritates the back. You wake up stiff, sore. That's a, a, a very com- uh, sorry, a very common uh, reason we have back pain in the morning. But the other one, I, I, and I'd say it's even more important, if you sleep on your stomach, it is, it is devastating on your neck. And the reason why it's devastating on your neck is because you can't sleep face down with your head straight down. Maybe on a on a chiropractic table or a massage table, that would be possible. But you have to wrench your neck to one side or the other. And evidence shows that if you do that consistently, and 
depending on how much you sleep. You don't sleep much, uh, right. so I've heard. Right. Um, but if you sleep anywhere between you know three and not ten hours a night, it doesn't matter if it's three or ten. If you're doing that consistently night after night after night, it can actually jam the joints. Not only wake up with uh, neck pain that in, in the acute sense, but over a long period of time, it wear it causes wear and tear in your neck, and it can cause arthritis and a whole bunch of other issues. So the interesting thing is when I met my wife, she was predominantly a sleep or a stomach sleeper, and it took me about and this is not a word of a lie, probably about two years of consistent elbows and maybe the, maybe her getting pregnant to create a situation where she doesn't sleep on her stomach anymore. And she oh used boy. to get headaches and all this stuff. So it definitely contributes to that. So that is, uh, uh, you know, stomach sleeping is, is, is bad on multiple effects, but probably mostly on your neck. Here, uh, snooze button listener, is why it's a dumb idea to invite your chiropractor <laughs> in for a conversation because... I'll tell you that, and and because I know I'm going to hear about this at my next appointment. Um, sometimes the only position I can find that's comfortable is on my stomach. Fair enough, and and to to to, to kind of add to that is it it's okay to fall asleep on your stomach. It's not okay to sleep on your stomach. And so what if you look at some people, some people will think if they fall asleep on their stomach, they're, they're sleeping on their stomach the whole night, but that's not the case. Um, sometimes they need that to fall asleep. And I, I would say that that's okay as long as they are the typical sleeper. And what that means is they're moving between 30 and 40 times position wise per night. And that's what we want. I know that sounds you know, counterintuitive of a good night's sleep, but we want to physically move. If you're in a position for eight hours, doesn't matter if you're sitting, standing, sleeping, it's not good for our joints. Wow. Okay. All right. So preferred is back and side. The sleep apnea people will tell you to stay off your back. They will. Because that'll, I mean, that can trigger it. That can, I mean, my wife, um, every time she notices that I've rolled over onto my back, I get an elbow in the ribs because she knows that any second now I'm going to start snoring. Well, that's the reason. Then that's the reason a lot of times that people will say, how do I get my husband or my wife to stop snoring? You know, they kick them on the side, which is fine. Um, but from a, a purely, if I, if I take away all the other reasons why you shouldn't sleep on your back from the sleep apnea people and the researchers, just if we're looking strictly, and this is what I do from a mechanical structural perspective, it's still a much better position than on your stomach. So even if there's other ramifications to it, if I'm looking strictly from what's that going to do to your health, your physical health long-term, it's still a significantly better way to sleep. Wow. Okay. So I see this is interesting because I feel like, okay, so the sleep apnea people uh, don't want me to sleep on my back. You do want me to sleep on my back. Or side. It's, it's interesting how all of the different, you know, things all come together because it feels like in some of these cases, there is no perfect road to go down. So if you want to do, if you want to follow the advice of the people that say, don't sleep on your back, that's fine. It will help with your, it may, sorry, help with whatever breathing difficulties you're having at night, but then you're sacrificing potentially your spinal health. So it's like, there's no, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. So is there a better side than others? Because somebody, I I seem to recall, this might've been a thing that went back to when my wife was pregnant they would caution her against sleeping on one side or the other, and I can't remember which one it was. So, so that depends on uh, a bunch of things. But yeah, there's certain conditions like, from pregnancy, for example, with um, circulation issues to what if you have a, a, a torn rot- rotator cuff on your right side. So again, uh, there are specific things. And like you said, there's not one 
specific position for any one individual. But if you're speaking of a generally healthy person that sleeps okay, then and we're looking from, again, my perspective is, is the neural structural health of your spine, then it doesn't matter to me what side you're on. Um, but you're right. You might be, if you're pregnant, you might favor one side, or if you have a bum shoulder, you might favor the other side, and that's okay. The, the key is, though, is making sure that when you're, if you are a side sleeper, that you are minimizing the stress that goes through your pelvis and your neck and your mid-back. And so there's not only this, the whether you're on your back or side, there are certain attributes that have to be followed when you're on your back or your side. And we can delve into that if you'd like. Yeah, because there's, like I warned you, there's 37 places I want to get to, but I want to make sure that we've dealt with each one fully before we move on for it. So let's, okay, let's deal with back first. So if I'm going to be, a, if I'm going to try to become a back sleeper, what else do I need to do? So that's the easiest position. So again, we have to compare your sleeping posture to an upright posture because that's what we call normal posture and there's all these alignment measurements that we can do on an x-ray but that's irrelevant right now if you're a back sleeper then there's two things you want to do and this is this is this is true for whether you are a, are a healthy individual with no pain issues or an unhealthy uh, individual with back pain for example so it's pretty simple uh, when you're on your back you you definitely want to make sure that the pillow you're using is not a thick pillow because if you can visualize someone on their back, if they're sleeping with a fat pillow or two pills or three pills, which some patients tell me they do, then their head relative to their thorax or shoulders is shoved forward. And we don't want that because that's the same posture that you've heard in, in the you know in the media lately, text neck and uh, forehead right. posture. If you were standing up, you'd have your chin at your collarbone. Exactly. That would be very bad because that's compressing disc, it's stretching nerves, it's irritating the all the tissues there. You're going to wake up with either chronic headaches or, or neck pain. So you want to thin pillow. In fact, if you can sleep without a pillow, that would be fine too on your back. Some people love that. Some people can't do it because they psychologically think that you need a pillow, but you can actually, that's an actually healthy way to sleep on your back without a pillow. Now that's just the head. Okay, wait, I'm going to stop because I'm going to, and I'm going to do this periodically. Uh, if, so if I'm going to sleep on my back, try, if I can do it without a pillow, I'm further ahead. Don't I need neck support? Good question. So the difference between having neck support and too much pillow is the problem. So if you're going from a, a, a place where you put it this way, you'd rather have less forward head posture with too many pillows with no neck support versus if you can sleep with a thin pillow, that is where you can get some neck support. And again, getting to not to jump the gun to pillows, but a pillow is not meant for your head it's meant for your neck. So we can talk about that when we kind of dive into the pillows. But just for this purpose right now, on your back, you don't want your head shoved forward relative to your body. Okay. So that's 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 a, uh, an easy thing to visualize if you can look at yourself or, or your spouse or your, anybody that's lying on their back. Just make sure their head's not forward. Otherwise, the pillows might be too big. The same applies to the lower back, though. So to take pressure off the low back joints and discs, an easy thing to do is to get a, a pillow and to... And most people have seen this or read this or seen pictures that it just flexes your knees a little bit to take some of the pressure off your lower back when you're sleeping. Again, not necessary in terms of if you don't have any issues, but it's still helpful to prevent issues. And, and specifically, if you have back pain, it will help take some of the pressure off that. And, and it should give you a better night's sleep. So if you are going to have a pillow and you're a back sleeper, it should go under your knees. That's right. And just flex slightly uh, to cause a flexion in your knees to take some of the pressure off the bottom desks. I got to let people, every once in a while, I'm going to stop and let people catch up because I bet I can see it right now. There's people making notes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is one of the, I, I never would have thought of 
the no pillow sleeping on your back because you're right. You said psychologically they think they need one. In my head, I thought, well, no, no, you've got to have a pillow to support your neck. So already, mind blown. We're a few minutes in. Um, this is this is perfect. Thank you. Um, so let's talk about side sleepers then. If I'm a side sleeper, I mean, I, I, I see people doing body pillows yeah. and you should have a pillow between your knees if you're a side sleeper, all that stuff from a spine. And, and again, before, you know, if there's sleep specialists listening or uh, people who run sleep labs or polysom, polysomnography techs or whatever, before you run off and tweet something about, uh, you know, Neil's giving out dangerous information on his <laughs> podcast, remember that John's just talking about from the perspective of your spine and from everything connected to a, a chiropractor's sphere of influence. So back or side sleeping, what are we supposed to do? So again, and just, just to reiterate what you said, it's absolutely the reason be, behind these recommendations or, or these methods is, is just to minimize the stress in your spine. There, you know, day to day, we have a ton of stress in our spine. So if we can minimize some of that at night, it just goes so far and allowing us to function and feel better. So again, a neutral spine is straight. It, when you're looking at someone straight on, it should be straight. So that's a neutral spine. And then a neutral spine from the side is a spine that actually has some curves in it, both in the neck and then the opposite happens in the mid back and then back to the same in the low back. So when you're on your side, the things you want to do is minimize a lateral flexion or think ear to shoulder type movement in your head. So, and, and sorry, in your head and neck. So if you're on your side, you want a pillow that's going to fill the gap between your shoulder and your neck so that your head is neutral to your shoulders or perpendicular to your shoulders. Does that so make you sense? want your head basically to be level. That's right. So so people will say, what's the, one of the common questions I'll get from a patient is why is there a pillow that has a big side and a small spot side? So the reason why that is, is because if you're predominantly a back sleeper, you're going to want to use a thin side on your neck to support it so your head's not foot pushed forward. But if you're predominantly a side sleeper, then you'll use the fat end on your neck, not your head, your neck, to support the head and the neck to support a no, more neutral posture. So there's a reason why that is. It's not, it's not just for looks. It's, there's, it's by design. So those pillows that kind of look... This is a terrible comparison, but they kind of look like a Christmas stocking. The profile of them that, you know, there's there's the one end that's more curved and more full. That's meant for side sleepers, and that goes under your neck. That's right. Okay. Yeah, so... You- so it's it again. Your head wants to be, your head needs to be perpendicular or as close to it as it can. So, but you can also use a side a slide sleeper could also be having it too thin a pillow or a too fat pillow because it goes both ways. You can either your your shoulder or sorry your ear can come to your shoulder too much and that would be too thin, or it can be, do the opposite effect. It can tilt tilt it the other way. So you actually need to have a pillow sized ideally. And, and if that's as simple as taking uh, someone with you when you go to buy a pillow, say in your ear in a mattress store and say, lie you on the side and see if this actually is congruent with that, the size of your neck. So we actually measure them in the office, but you don't need to get that technical, but that's why those pillows are those shapes. Wow. Okay. All right. And, and so again, from a spinal perspective, we've dealt with side sleepers and their necks. What about from the neck down? Anything we need to pay attention to? A hundred percent. So the other thing though, before we go back down to the pillow between the knee issue is that what I find is when I have a patient demonstrate to me that, so they say they're a side sleeper. I'm like, okay, great. And then they show me how they sleep. They tend to, most people tend to, uh, will sleep more on a side, but in a fetal position. 
So you, <laughs> this is getting complex, but, but, but it, th- these are, ha- these are, these are just habits. That's all they are. So any habit can be changed if it's done consistently. So what I mean by that is they get, the, they get the right size of the pillow in their neck to keep their head neutral, but then they take their head and they flex it forward again, promoting that forward head posture, which we don't want to do. Right. So you, it doesn't have to be excessive, but when you put your head on the side of your side sleeper, you want to keep it as neutral as possible. Now you're going to wake up and you're going to be in different positions, but that's fine. You reset to back to your normal position and just continue your night. Oh boy. Okay. All right. So then continuing, uh, from, from the neck down, um, a lot of side sleepers and myself among them, they'll do this thing where, uh, let's say for example, and, and I'm going to describe this, uh, so that people listening can picture this. You're lying. Okay. So you're lying on your left side. A ton of people will lie there with their left leg relatively straight and their right leg at basically a 90-degree angle. Yes. Probably terrible for you, isn't it? Not horrible. Okay. But the problem with that, that, that's actually an okay posture if you do have a pillow between your knees. So the whole point of a pillow between your knees is, for some people, they'll, they'll say that, you know, it, it, it makes them so their knees don't hit and get irritated. That, that's fine, but that's not a, a serious issue. The issue becomes with if you have a, if you're sleeping in that position with the left leg straight and the right leg bent and your, your right leg is kind of highly, like is flexed significantly and you're rotated, then you're taking your pelvis and it's rotating through and it's causing, you, so you're basically you're sleeping in a rotation uh, through your pelvis and low back that can be translated right up to your mid-back uh, mid and that's where the problem lies. So it's not that that's a bad position, but how you can make that less offensive to your posture and spine is just to put a pillow there. And that's exactly actually how I sleep on my left side uh, with a pillow between my knees and a pillow on my neck. <sighs> okay, all right. <laughs> I knew I knew you were going to get into this kind of detail, and it's exactly why I was so excited for you to come over. Um, all right, so we've dealt with back versus side. Now, um, and and I get that some of this is going to overlap because we've covered bits and pieces of it already. Start start the conversation about the pillows. We've talked about if you're going to be a back sleeper, no pillow is optimal, or thin pillow if you can't stomach the idea of no pillow. And, but when we get into pillows, you know, there's firmness. There's like, I, I, I walked into a, there's a Casper store that has just opened up here at the mall in town. They opened, I think on Monday, we're recording this on a Friday afternoon. Um, and I walked in and there's a million different pillows to choose from. And, and I'm already looking at it and I'm thinking about you coming here today and I'm thinking, okay, which one is quote unquote, right. And that's the question. And and I'm sure you'll see if you come into my office, we do not there we do not have, you know, ten or fifteen pillows for sale. We have a pillow for sale, but it's tucked behind the desk and it's only talked about when someone comes to me and says, I've tried tried sixteen pillows and none of them work. And I never used to be like that, but after 16 years in practice, I, I'm going to be in agreement with you saying that how do you pick the right pillow? And so the right pillow is the right sized pillow. That's all that's important. The right pillow might be firmer for you or softer for another. It doesn't really matter what pillow you use as long as the size for how the position you use is good for you. Okay, so, so let me let me jump ahead of you and sure. see if I'm if I'm anticipating you right. So if I'm a side sleeper, mm-hmm. 
I can get a ridiculously cushy, soft pillow as long as when I'm lying on it, it keeps my head level. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Now it just, the whole thing just got clearer. Okay. So, and just to kind of step one more uh, forward is that there, there are pillows and there are places that sell pillows, um, like mattress stores and stuff that will, will, that will measure you, um, and to see if it is the right fit, given the fact whether you're a predominantly a, a side or a back sleeper. Now, that doesn't mean, and this is where I will be fully transparent, that does not mean that you're going to love that pillow. And that is why I don't, I try not to sell pillows. Because once you sell someone a pillow, it's very hard for you to return a pillow because of hygienic reasons. So I'll always tell a patient, like, uh, you know, what pillow has, you, have, has worked for you in the past? Okay, this is the pillow that's worked for you past. Go get another one, but just make sure it's sized properly. If that fails and then it fails again, then come to me. I'll measure you and I'll give you a pillow that has clinical research behind it that shows that it reduces neck pain and all this kind of stuff. But it doesn't mean you're going to love it, but it's going to mean that it's healthy for you. Right. Okay. All right. So, all right. So pillows, firmness. Is there anything else we need to be concerned about when we're getting a pillow or is everything basically just preference? Uh, it's preference, but you, there are allergies. So p- some people are allergic to certain things that you sure. might want to avoid. But those people that are allergic to those types of things, they're very acutely aware of that. So those are the questions they'll ask. So some people are allergic to latex, for example. And so some high-quality pillows have latex in them. So you'd want to avoid that. But outside of that, no, there's not uh, – you know, it, it all comes down to this. Is And we'll touch on this when we get into mattresses. Is Are you able to sleep on this thing? Right. And if you are and it's the right size for you, then congratulations. If you're not, then it defeats the purpose. Yeah, that pillow might not, uh, you know, or might be good for you in terms of your spinal health. But if you're sleeping terribly, then that's a bad thing. I would be fascinated. And, and you might know about one already. Or if Michael Grandner in Arizona is sitting listening to this episode right now, I, I can guarantee you he's probably going to wheel himself over to the, the to the part of the desk where the keyboard is and start banging out a tweet. Um, I would be fascinated to see if there is any kind of study that's ever been done long term on the people who choose X over Y. So, for example, the people who, like you're saying – um, be a, be a side sleeper with this kind of, with your head here versus the people who are saying, well, it's better for this or that medical condition. If you sleep in this position instead, it would be fascinating to see you take two people and you start them basically in the same spot. And then they sleep in whatever way it is to pay attention to whichever ailment they're trying to remedy at a given time. And you track them for 10 years or whatever it is. And then you, you check in and see, okay, so who's, you know, I, if I follow the advice of my chiropractor, am I doing better 10 years out, even though my sleep apnea might be worse? Like all these different things, because it's like, it's like all the food conversations. There's so much data coming from so many different sources, Absolutely. you know, and, and I, it's, interesting hearing you lay all of this out. So let's, let's do the mattress conversation. Cause again, there's, there's firm, there's soft, there's, but I'm assuming that from a spinal perspective, there's stuff that we have to watch out for. There is, but this is even, I would say less specific, uh, than even a pillow. And again, you know, you can say that, Oh, the only, uh, the American Medical Association recommends this mattress or the Canadian Chiropractic Association recommends this mattress. And that might be fine. Um, the biggest thing I think that that one needs to be aware of is that they need a, a mattress that will be supportive to them. And what I mean by that is it's think about a, a, 
a couch that's 30 years old yeah. or a sofa uh, and you sit in that and there's no support at all. It allows you to sink into that and it might be comfortable for 10 minutes, 15 minutes or half an hour. But after a two hour movie or a, or a hockey game or something like that, try to get out of that. So think, think, so let's extrapolate that to our mattress. If you are sleeping on a mattress that is the moment you get on it, it's, it becomes a U shape then I can tell you with certainty that that's not good for your spine or good for any joint in your body. Um, so th- again, some people can take, can take sleeping on the floor as, as firm as possible and be fine with it, where some people need some type of cushion to allow them to have a night's sleep. So uh, again, uh, this conversation happens all the time. If someone asked me that, my generic answer would be get, get a, go to a place first that'll allow you to test a mattress for 30, 60, 90 days. They usually put a case or something on it. Um, but get the mattress that you can that you're comfortable on, but has is as firm as possible with you without you not being able to sleep on it. You just took me back to a place that I I meant to go, and I in in mid sentence I lost my train of thought. But as I have a habit of doing, I finished my thought anyway, even though I was way off track. When I started talking about um, you know follow path A versus path B and track people over a long time, like when you talk about get that pillow, even though you might not love it. Um, it would be interesting to, to see the difference between looking after your spinal health or the health of your joints versus if, if it's not as comfortable and therefore you're sacrificing, let's say 30 or 40 minutes of sleep every night because you're not as comfy as you would be if you had the one that was better for your spine. And that that's a good. So point. I wonder what that trade off is, right? Well, the th- the thing is, I, I the only I don't I'm not aware of, of any long term studies like that. Um, I'm not saying there isn't any, and if someone that d- listens to this can provide one, that would be awesome. But the Michael. only studies I'm aware of is specific, and this is this is kind of a conflict of interest, you'd say, because oftentimes pillow companies themselves or mattress companies will do a study, and they're their only outcome measure is, well, I shouldn't say that. Their most outcome measures would be uh, their perceived sweet sleep quality. So the patient, the person will say, yeah, I felt good in that, or I felt, I, I felt like I sleep well, which is, yeah. which is an important parameter, but there's not, there's nothing objective with that. And the other one would be maybe an objective pain measurement test. So when they wake up, for example, um, so there's the, they're the only studies I'm aware of that actually uh, look at things like that, but they're generally short term. And their comparison to say one pillow versus another, so it would be interesting to see that. And and when I say that that you might not love this pillow, I'm not suggesting that you wouldn't like it. I'm just saying that everybody has their pre- preference. So just because right. a, a study said that these people wake up with better night's sleep, uh, doesn't mean that they're going to like it or dislike it. I'm just saying that you might not like it, but I might right. uh, because it's so individualistic. And that's the same thing with a mattress. It's so hard to say, yeah, get the firmest one and sacrifice your sleep. That that's counter that's counterintuitive to me because. Not to change subjects, but if someone that's not sleeping, they are more inflamed. And if they're more inflamed, they have more pain. And for me, I want my patients sleeping because I know the better night's sleep they get, the le- the better they're going to feel functional, or the better they're going to feel from a pain perspective. They're, but they're going to function better too. Outside of all the um, you know the the, the, the mental state the statuses of, of a poor night's sleep. So, if let me just throw two words out. And, and get your reaction to it because I'm, I'm trying to gauge in advance whether or not you've kind of already addressed these two words. Memory foam. 
That's a um, question. It's, um, yeah, so memory foam, I personally, and this is not a slight to anybody that loves memory foam, I just don't like it because I don't like the, the feel of it. Um, but for other people that I have that I see, they love it and they swear that it helps them get a better night's sleep and they feel better in the morning. Okay, but, but from a spinal perspective. Uh, I think it's fine. Yeah, I think it's fine. I think that it does give some support. It allows some cushion and it gives some support. So I think that if it's firm enough and it's supporting the right areas, if you're sleeping in the right positions, then I, I think it's, it's I think it's good. Hmm. Okay. I just don't personally like the feel of it. So that's why I don't have one. Right. Yeah. Because you're a guy who, when you can't sleep, you get up and try to get cooler. That's right. And sometimes people will say that the mem- they love the memory foam, but it's too hot. That's right. Indeed. Or various other things. Um, any any other like positional, mechanical, functional things like that that we should be thinking about? Because like I said at, at the entire beginning of this conversation, I, I want to set myself up. It's, it's why I talked to Michael Grandner a couple of episodes ago about trackers because I there's no point in – trying to measure the difference that things are having in my sleep if I'm not using a tracker that's going to pick up on those differences. There's similarly, if I'm going to see a bigger advantage in all of these different things I'm trying by being a back sleeper, by being a side sleeper, by having this pillow, that pillow, this mattress, that mattress, like I want to get all of those things out of the way first so that I can, you know, it's like, here comes a crazy metaphor, but I think it's apt in in this scenario. I took a friend of mine, but we're going back like 20 years ago now. I took him out shopping for golf clubs. And he says to me, so how much should I be looking to spend on golf clubs? I said, here is the one thing you always want to do. I said, if you are a recreational golfer who goes out, you know, you go and you play in the company tournament every year and you maybe play a couple more times, spend a few hundred bucks but if you're going to spend if you're going to spend a lot of time golfing and you're going to get better at the sport by virtue of having played it more and more and more you don't ever want to get to a point where you wonder if i could be really really good if my clubs weren't holding me back and so with everything that i'm doing related to sleep i want to make sure that i i've got the right clubs Right. You know, so that I, I'm not wondering if, oh, you know, I could be, I, I bet melatonin would have worked better when I tried it if I just had a different mattress. Well, okay. The mattress thing I can control right out of the gate. Let's get that stuff done and then move on to the fun. So I so, saw, uh, that's a, a great analogy. And, and it, you, you, you brought something to my mind is where, and again, the question will say, this is how the conversation goes in the office. Um, so Dr. John, what kind of mattress should I get? And I tell them what I just told you. I say, well, you need to get something that's going to be, um, supportive of your spine, but that you're comfortable and you can sleep. And then given the fact that we've already talked about the positions and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, and then the next question will be, well, what would you use? And so I say, well, I have a pocket coil, um, and I'll tell them the details of what I found, but that doesn't mean that you need to have that. And they'll say, well, what kind of brand and what's the name of the brand? I'm like, I'm like, so I stopped the conversation. I'll say, so here's the thing in is that the cost of a mattress is in my opinion, ridiculous in some cases. I saw one for 3,500 bucks yesterday. <laughs> I've had someone, I've had people tell me they've spent $10,000 on a mattress. What? So, so here's the thing is Here's what I would suggest, and this is what I do. I would never give a suggestion to anybody that I personally don't do. I have never spent more than, and this is hard, but I, I 
at the very most I've ever spent on a mattress is $800. Okay. Okay. And, and the reason why is, is this, is that a, I can find a good mattress. And the other thing I'll say is never buy a mattress that's not on sale because they're always on sale at certain times of year. So that's one thing. <laughs> um, but the thing is this, is that people will buy a mattress and they're like, they'll, they'll have no problem dropping, you know, a lot of money in a mattress because they have a 25 year warranty. And, and so for me, it's like they might have a 25 year warranty that they're not going to disintegrate in front of you or, you know, um, disappear. Sure. But you should be changing your mattress at least at the very most at the nine year mark probably before that. So buy a cheaper mattress and not cheap in that, that it's not a, that's bad quality. I'm just saying in a cost perspective, don't spend a lot of money on a mattress and just assume you're going to change it every five to seven, nine years, the latest, probably five to seven is the best. And, and that way you're going to make sure that the support you get, uh, is consistent over a period of a 30 year or 40 year period of your sleep, or, or obviously more than that, but you're not going to, feel like you can't go out and buy a better mattress or a new mattress because you spent this much money on one. So I, I always say don't buy an ex, the most expensive mattress, but buy something that you know you're going to be replacing in five to seven years. Interesting. And if people would approach buying their cars that way, they would the, it would be an entirely different purchasing decision, right? It you is. Know. And the same goes to a pillow. So, Neil, how long do you think you should, how long do you think it could be or you should be before you change your pillow? <sighs> well, I would, I would assume it would probably be roughly the same as the mattress. No. No, no, you're shaking your head no already. <laughs> it's 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 less than that, and you think, and most people will know because by the time a year, maybe you might be able to get a two years out of a pillow. Two years. Two years, and and again, it it, it can maybe vary a little bit based on the the material they use, but you just look at your pillow after a year, even if you're flipping it and and kind of puffing it up and washing it, it should be changed. Again, it's just breaking down to the point where your neck's not going to get the support it needs. Just, again, don't buy the most expensive one. Buy one that's going to support you and have an idea that it will be changed out fairly soon. Okay, so, wow, this is a lot to digest. Um, Any other functional, structural, mechanical things we should be thinking about when we're getting into bed? No, I, I think that just what we've talked about is 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 uh, kind of a general uh, guideline for people. But again, I, I want to just put this out there that this is specific to someone that is generally healthy. Um, these these recommendations might change. So if someone has like an instability in their spine, if someone has had a previous spinal fusion, um, so if there's other things that are going on there, th- that might change some of these recommendations a little bit. But generally, those the things we've spoken about uh, are, are pretty good for most people. Yeah, and and that's probably something that I I should have made sure we mentioned off the very top as well is um, John's not giving medical advice here, uh, so you know if if there's anything that resonates with you that you're thinking of trying, particularly if you're a person who's not a what they like to call quote normal sleeper, uh, check with your own doctor first, check with your own chiropractor first uh, to see if the things that you've heard us talking about, if there's, if there is something that you want to go try, you know, before you run out and, and you throw all your pillows into the trash because John said, try sleeping on your back with no pillow. Eh, maybe talk to your chiropractor, say, listen, here's the thing I'm thinking of trying. What's your take? Is there anything, are there any red flags for me specifically that I need to take into consideration? Yeah, a hundred percent. It's, I think this is just one piece of the puzzle. And, and, you know, so for me in my perspective, and I know, uh, uh, this podcast is kind of dedicated to this one perspective. It shows how something small 
and small is probably the wrong word, but something as, as small as, say, the correct sleeping posture has massive ramifications for your, for your quality of life day to day, but 10 or 15 or 20 years from now, too. So the things that you do now in your health and whether it be trying to correct, you know, your inability to sleep soundly, uh, whether it be trying to change the posture that you use while you sleep is these, this is, uh, you know, something that you're doing for your overall health and your, for your future quality of life. And I, I think that's why it's important to address even these small little changes can make big differences over time. Is there anything that we should be addressing that is age specific? Like do, for example, sleep positions evolve? If, if you're saying try sleeping on your back with no pillow, as an example, I'm just going to keep going back to that one because it fascinates me. Um, is that a good approach for both a 15 year old and an 85 year old? I mean, I know it's going to depend on the individual person, but do our needs structurally for sleep change over time? Not if you have a generally healthy spine. And what I mean by that is, you know, and not to get too, too, too detailed here, but if someone has a, you know, chronic osteoporosis, um, they have severe arthritis in their neck where their head's already like locked forward, for example, sleeping without a pillow might not be possible for them because it won't be uncomfortable because it won't be that comfortable. But for a 15 year old uh, that's a back sleeper, I think that that's probably really good advice because they spend most of their time now in front of computers, looking down at cell phones. So it's kind of reversing some of the position, the posture positions they're doing on a consistent day on a day to day basis. You know, postures that we weren't exposed to because the cell phones were, you know, if there was even cell phones when we were growing up, I don't think I had one until I was in university. So we didn't have the exposure to that postural stress that they have. So I think it, it, it generally does apply across the board, whether you're 15 or 85. But again, if there's specific issues, uh, previous surgeries and stuff like that, it might prevent someone from sleeping in, in the recommended, so to, so to speak, postures. And again, I don't think you can sacrifice or you should sacrifice your position if you can't sleep, if it's causing you not to be able to sleep soundly. This was, uh, this was spectacular. You haven't done this before, have you? No, I haven't. You should do it more. You're good. Well, you just asked the right questions, Neil. Well, um, speaking of asking questions, and I, I'm, I'm going to volunteer you for this unbeknownst to you, but if somebody is listening and they go, I want to follow up with him on this particular thing, but maybe they're listening in Arkansas and you have no connections to Arkansas whatsoever, uh, at least that I know of, um, can they still reach out? Is there a way we can get a hold of you if we've got questions about any of this? Yeah, 100%. They can get a hold of us on our website, but we actually have a, ironically, we have a, a video that's been, it's probably been on our YouTube uh channel for a couple years it just goes through some of these sleeping postures and some how, how you use your pillow and stuff like that so they could probably find us on there and, and obviously through our website they could post any question or ask any questions and i'd be happy to answer them as i say for me it's it's one of those things where it's such a common uh you know we all sleep and we all sleep uh hopefully well but if you can change small things and they can have a massive effect on someone's health. For me, specifically from a selfish perspective, when my patients are sleeping better, they're feeling better. And, you know, we didn't get into the aspect of, you know, uh, some of the other things with, you know, with poor sleeping and increasing your, you know, your inflammation levels and, you know, that creates heart disease, but it also can create, um, problems where chronic pain becomes more exacerbated with less sleep. So these types of things are when, if I can, instill in my patients or people that are listening, if your sleeping posture is better and you're able to sleep more soundly through the night, then it's going to help you not only with how you feel, uh, but also how you're functioning. As I said in, in, in the previous uh, questions you, you asked. This was a treat. Thanks for doing this. My pleasure.
There you go. Dr. John Saunders, uh, my chiropractor, with contact information and the video that he talked about and all of that good stuff in the show notes for this particular episode. Reminder that in case you know anybody that would love to get their hands on all this information but they don't have time for the full-length version of the podcast, there is a short one. It's called The Snooze Button Express. Uh, It's a whole separate podcast, but it's basically that same interview hacked way down to like – seven and a half, maybe eight minutes. The the episode in total is nine minutes long with every episode of the Snooze Button Express. And you can get to that through our website at thesnoozebutton.com slash podcast. If you get a chance, subscribe, rate, review, if, especially if you're on Apple, you can rate and review over on Apple. Um, if you liked what you heard, Do us a favor, send a tweet out about it with a link in it or something like that. Let your friends who might be having sleep issues know that we're out here. Uh, This is a podcast that's going to continue for the foreseeable future because we're just about to get to the stage where we actually start experimenting with different sleep hacks and sleep tips. So we're grateful for your support. We're also going to put up a, a poll, a listener poll sometime soon where you will kind of get to choose the adventure uh, and maybe offer some direction in terms of what thing we experiment with next. But we'll talk about that as the weeks unfold. In the meantime, new episode coming next Monday. Uh, And until then, my name's Neil. Thanks for being here. Get some sleep, would you? 